0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Grego, and this is the Yes We Are Open podcast. (laughs) Today, I'm on the far west end of Toronto's Little Italy, my old stomping grounds for my college days. Little Italy is framed east to west by Bathurst Street and Ossington Avenue and north to south by Harvard Street and Dundas Street West. I spent many nights enjoying the amazing live music venues along College Street and many days sampling the amazing pizzerias, trattorias, bakeries, cafes, and gelato shops. It's no wonder I gained so much weight in college. That was almost 25 years ago. Little Italy today is a lot more diverse, but no less vibrant it's still one of Toronto's busier nightlife hotspots. I park a few blocks east of my final destination and walk west along College Street, taking it all in. Aside from the business names, not much has changed. It's a pleasant, warm, sunny day in April. Folks are out walking and biking. Patrons are standing out on the street to catch some of that warm sun that's been gone too long this winter. As I approach Ossington Avenue, on the northeast corner, I'm greeted by Vic, who's sunning out in front of his business, waiting for yours truly. (laughs) After a warm greeting, Vic invites me down to his dojo, Superkick Karate. During my visit, I had the pleasure of witnessing Vic in action with his class. In this case, it's a group of elementary school aged kids. Vic begins the class by getting them to recite a mantra.
1: Repeat after me. I will develop myself in a positive manner and avoid anything that will reduce my mental growth or my physical health. I will develop self discipline in order to bring up the best. Myself you and, others. and others, I will.
0: I really enjoyed witnessing the class. I couldn't help picturing my own son and daughter in this environment and how beneficial it would be for them. After the class, I sat down with Vic for his interview.
1: My name is Vic Granick and I'm the founder of Super Kick Karate.
0: When did uh, Super Kick Karate start?
1: I incubated in 2003 in the Toronto Business Development Centre on King Street West. Oh, so okay. it was really helpful project uh, where they help develop a business plan before you open your business. Mm
0: -hmm. Before you opened this, what was your background?
1: Well, I was a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. Like I worked construction as a young guy and then I got into as a baker and then I ended up at Tim Hortons and uh, worked as a baker at Nights and trained in the Evening and started teaching karate in my 20s for my instructor Don Warner in Hamilton, Ontario. When I walked in the first day, I just kind of went, wow, this fits. I like this. And I just kept training and learning and then I knew one day I wanted to open up a school and I just knew it wasn't going to be in Hamilton. I didn't want to disappoint anybody by opening and closing. I want to commit to the community and that's what I've done. I moved to Toronto in 2001. My job changed. So I quit and then I just applied for a program. Uh, for the self-employment assistance program so you get unemployment insurance while you're developing your business plan in the first year of business and i said i really need that because you know i have yep. moderate living actually they denied me and i was like what they denied me and i went to st Clair and young and i waited almost all day until he took me in. i said listen i don't understand why everybody thinks i have a really good business model and i uh, coerced them <laughs> to getting me in this program and i started a couple of weeks late and i've been going ever since
0: How was it when you first
1: opened what was the reception like well you know you start with one right, right. Uh, what i did was when i was in the program i offered everybody in my program i think there was about 58 people doing the same thing developing business plans i said if anybody here wants to come and train mm-hmm. it's free for a month if you want to come and try it out just help me open my doors bring your kids i'll teach them too so a lot of people came and then a few of them stayed for years right i spent three years in the King Street, five years on Atlantic, and then I went six or seven years in Liberty Market Building. And uh, I found this place, and it was a raw space, actually. It's a new building, and I came in, negotiated with the landlord. He turned out to be like a mom and pop kind of team that have a few properties here. Really great family, and they kind of loved what we did with the kids, and loved what I did with the place, because I did it all myself. Right. And uh, so, we, he's been really a blessing, actually. Uh, he, he enjoys the, the program. He comes and watches the classes sometimes. I met his parents, and you know, so I was really happy with this place. It's been going ever since, and it's been fun. It's like I don't work, right? Because right. you do what you love, right? Exactly. Never worked a day in your life. Yes. That. yes. Yes. I was teaching adults the whole time, and then up until COVID hit, I was online. I was always researching. I'm always researching new curriculum, and I. Mm-hmm. Get a feed going, and all of a sudden, I'm getting these feeds where these guys are doing techniques that I teach at Jiu-Jitsu or Karate on unsuspecting Ah. people, and actually hurting them. And I could tell they're trained martial artists. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want those people around my students because that's an influence, right? You want to create a circle of influence that's positive, fostering good relationships. Not somebody that's going to come and change a kid from being on the right path and taking them to the wrong side. And I said to myself, to my adults, I said, "Those that are with me, you could stay, but I'm not going to have adult classes. It's going to be a family dojo." You know, and there's a lot of them were upset and I said, I'm sorry, but I'm doing what's best for me. And at the same time I had a reset button yeah. going, you know, how do I want to run this again? Right. So then uh, that's what I did. And then all of a sudden now guys come up, hey, I go, I want to learn how to fight. I'm like, I don't teach people how to fight. And they're like, what? I go, I don't teach people how to fight. That's never been my thing here. That's not what a dojo does.
0: Would you say that what separates you from maybe other dojos that is your focus on family, on you know, no adults, it's all just kids,
1: but you Yeah, I think it does separate. Um, I really care. I really I, like these kids come up and I use my puppets to teach like little ones. I, I bring them in, right? These little puppets are so much fun. I teach life lessons, how to focus with the puppet. And I use the puppet and my, my mouth is moving. <laughs> And they're like, sensei, your mouth is moving. I go, no, so what? I'm not talking, he's talking. And I just move them. And they're like so engaged. And I make these fun little videos with them. All right, can I get your
2: name, please? My name is Tasha. I'm a senior brown belt. Uh, Isaiah. Senior brown. My name is Sasha. I am
1: a blue belt.
2: Tyler uh, Wright. I'm a senior brown belt
1: now. You know, we do a number of things in the camp. We do our bully-proof program. I teach them jujitsu. We do a weapons program, traditional kabuto do the fitness training we do arts and crafts we have made robots you know yeah <laughs> so because my, my kids are so smart i said yeah. they actually taught me how to use a computer over the years i never used a computer yeah. the kids taught me and then i was doing some videos and i said how do i splice this and natasha sends it you just do this and do that and then right. you take that piece and put it there i'm like oh thanks natasha it would have took me 10 years to figure that out right so the kids teach me more than i teach them yeah. you know that's and great. that's the best that's part great.
0: How long have you been coming to superkick
2: uh for 10 years now
0: 10 years how old were you when you started
2: i was four four wow
0: yeah uh 10 years uh nine or 10 years
2: <laughs> um probably about eight years eight now. years <laughs> how old were you when you started i think i'm pretty sure six
0: what's your favorite part about coming to
2: uh i think the community like i've learned a lot Mm -hmm. coming here i've made a lot of friends like uh, in terms of learning like leadership skills i coach a class before me so like i've learned like how to help out how to you know get uh kids interested Mm -hmm. and make sure like they pay attention that kind of stuff and i think that'll be very important for me like in the future i've learned a lot of stuff here i've learned how to like you know deal with bullies uh I learned how to make friends and I've learned a lot of stuff here, important lessons. Because I started when I was really young, it taught me discipline. Like you you just you learn focus, you get concentrated. It's yeah. Ever since I started I've made lots of friends coming here. And like we learned a lot of stuff, not just karate here, we talk about current events yeah. and all sorts of things.
0: Do you have any
1: employees? Well, these kids now. They're, they're, I used to have them, and they all grew up into the leadership team. And then I pay them; they help clean the place and maintain the place, and do all. This, but then I, we closed. And it was just me. <laughs> And then those ones had to move on and get jobs. Sure. So these are the kids. Like, these, all these kids here are actually coaches now. These are
0: kids who were students, and now they've become coaches and working. They're
1: going for their black belt in June. There's, like, That's two crazy. of them going for black belt in June. The next year, there's a few more going for black belt. But all, all of them were the kids in the dojo. <laughs> and I never had an employee. I'd rather do a mentorship program. Right. And now the great thing about that is I had one uh, Saturday morning, one of the kids came home from university, U of T, and he's studying health and science and he's doing research at sick kids. Oh. And I'm like, Nicola, that's incredible. I haven't, an, uh, all these kids are all on the right path. Yeah. And he comes back, he says, you know, sensei, you taught us how to speak, how to be confident, how to look people. Enough. You taught us all these things that nobody would have taught us. And that's what I bring to my program is I really, want them to become upstanding human beings and make a change in the world. And that's my goal because I'm not happy with a lot of the things that go on, sure. just etiquette in general. And yeah. so I thought, you know, that, that's my mission.
0: Up next. If Vic's mission is to empower his students with the skills necessary to overcome adversity, their biggest test, and his, was about to hit in the form of a pandemic. How did they fare? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. After a rocky start that involved several moves around Toronto's West End, Superkick Karate seemed to find the perfect home in Little Italy. And owner Vic Granick was finally able to run the dojo he envisioned, with a focus on helping neighborhood kids learn important life skills. But Vic was about to encounter one more challenger, perhaps his biggest yet. So if I were to ask you about a, a time or an event that of struggle that uh, threatened to shut you down, what would you say that would be?
1: Well, I think it's been a struggle since day one. Like you, yeah. you go into a business and you're thinking five years I'm going to be set, you know, yeah. uh, I'll be okay, we'll financially be okay. But there's always something that came up. We had one good year in 2019, and then the pandemic hit in March, and there was a like March break, and they said, "Oh, you're going to close for two weeks," and I was like, mm, "I don't know." I was doing my research in China, yeah. and we closed almost all the way till September, like August.
0: Oh, wow! You throughout those? Yeah,
1: we were locked down, and then we came back in. August, September, October, November. Then they closed us again all the way till July.
2: Yeah.
1: And then we came back in and uh, July. And it's hard because you're, my momentum is the school year, right? Yeah. And uh, then we came back in again till December and then they closed us again until just recently February, right? right.
0: How close did you get to
1: calling it quits? I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. I thought I had to close. Like, I really did, because I didn't know what, because my experience with landlords, I'm like, they want, we want my money. Mm -hmm. So I talked to my landlord, I said, listen, uh, I don't got any money, I'm not making any money, and I don't know what the government's doing, you know? And uh, with my landlord, I was like, I said, you could take my stuff, or tell me I'll take my stuff out. And uh, he said, no, because of what we experienced in the beginning of our lease. And, uh, And we, like I said, he's a martial artist, he used to be a taekwondo guy, and is, you know, he was he's into this stuff and and what I do. And uh, so I was grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by such wonderful people. And just to give you an example, each the pandemic, both times, like we do uh, school year terms and stuff like that. And I had about probably 25 to 30 parents come up mm-hmm. and they would buy the school year term and it was kind of consistent. And they were they already with me for six, seven years. And I'm like, uh, you know, when we opened, I said, don't buy the school year term, just pay by the month because I don't know what's gonna happen, right? And they're like, sensei, we're going to pay for the term because we want you here when you come out. And I've had people help me financially. Mm -hmm. Families come up and say, sensei, don't go get another job. We want to help you stay open. We're going to do whatever we can. And they, they just came to like the kids were. Zoom was not fun for any kid, but they were. We did a great workout every Zoom class incorporated high intensity interval training. I got them weights. I gave them all my old equipment. I said, come and pick up the bags and shields. I made them mini dojos at home. I got different things in here. There was about 35, 40 of us that were doing Zoom. That's when it hit me and I said, I don't want to focus on adults anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to focus on families because it made me, it empowered me, right? It made me like, I want to even be better at it, Mm -hmm. right? So that was the the tipping point to not doing what everybody else is doing, like a gym or a fight (laughs) club or whatever, right?
0: During the lockdown, you're, you got some help from from your your landlord. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you struggled with mm-hmm. the government, but but you got some help from the government. At some point, though, you're going to be able to open your doors again. So I'm talking about that at the end of the first lockdown. Yes. What measures did you put in place?
1: To, oh to, my god, to, I had to, to, I I had to learn a whole new protocol, right? right. Yeah. So I we never used to have a gridded floor, so I started making. I moved all the heavy bags. I had all these bases. So I said, okay, when we came in, it was half capacity. We always start with half capacity. Yeah. So I said, okay, we're going to have, we got the heavy bags. We've got nine heavy bags. We've got mm-hmm. 18 spots that we can use efficiently. And then I've got the spray guns and cleaning. Like I was doing everything myself. And then right. teaching too. Then there's some of the kids on the Zoom. So you're running that program as well. Yeah. Then there's this, I used to have a software I used to use that hosted my website. During COVID, they kept billing me. Hmm. And I won't say their name, <laughs> but they're in industry, martial arts, industry software. And I said, what do you guys?" And it costs like 300 bucks a month because wow. they would do yeah. your, your uh, CR. You could do online billing and all that stuff. And I'm like, we're closed and you're billing me. I, will, I don't want to work with you guys anymore. You guys should be like, compassionate about this. So they took my website. So I had to, during COVID, learn. I learned, I taught myself how to build a website, right. how to start to upload stuff and how to, you know, yeah. do online uh, search engine optimization. And wow. so yeah. it was like an education mm-hmm. for me. So I took that as a positive Um, And then we came in here, and then, you know, cleaning all the time, and then we open up a little bit, close it again, open up. It's just so, it was frustrating, but at the same time, I understood because it was the right thing to do, right?
0: lockdown how did you feel when you couldn't
2: come in? Uh, it was really difficult you know karate is like also is like a place where you can kind of let out some of your frustration and stuff and during online we had zoom calls uh, but it's still not like being in the actual place yeah yeah so I missed that. Yeah. Well I was pretty lazy I didn't really want to come to karate a lot but um I still did because I just uh I needed to do something about my anger and like mm-hmm. I I'd come to karate and just here um well there was a lot going on so my first I thought wasn't really karate it was more school but when i came back it was a it was very nice yeah.
0: were you participating in like the online
2: classes and stuff i think we did that for a little while yeah. until uh online like school classes started and then we stopped because that was pretty difficult because in in class we were um we We like spar with each other and we grapple with each other, so it's very difficult without contact.
0: Yeah, you couldn't spar with your parents at home.
2: No, they weren't
0: up to it. (laughs) How many uh, students do you have?
1: Now we're about 65. 65? Yeah.
0: At your height before the, the pandemic?
1: We were at probably 140, wow. 150. And, wow. I, you know, I, I can, with the class schedule that I was doing, I can manage that, right? And uh, But we're still not at capacity. We're still not running all days because I'm, I'm the only instructor. I'm trying to get everybody back in the swing of things. And sure. then, like, we're just planning our summer camps and these kids are going to work. And, you know, so I can't manage it myself. And I don't want to bring outsiders in. I really trust... Those kids that grew up to nurture the younger children, like in the classes, like you'll see when they come in, they love them. The best part is they're all like six, three, six, four, like there could be athletes, but they're all academic. They're all A1 students. And I tell them, I go, yeah, you could play sports, play sports to get a really good education. And that's what happened 10 years prior. They were all athletes. And they got really good educations. You know, they're traveling abroad in school, they're working in health science, they're doing research, they're doing something that will change the world for the better. And to hear like Nicola, who came in today, we had a Sick Kids is our charity, and we, I think we've raised about 25000 over the years for Sick Kids. And he grew up doing that. The, we did amazing race, five kilometer challenges. And now he's like, I go, where are you going? Nicole, because he came to train with some of the kids going for black belt. And he goes, I'm going to kids. I'm going to do some research. And I'm like, oh my God, it hit, it, it works. Like, you know, you can make a change. We want to change one child, you know, one black belt at a time. And he was, became a black belt. And you know, he was so excited to be here. He said, Sensei, I'm so happy for you that you're still alive in the dojo and we're still going. I'm, I want to come back and train with you. Why aren't you teaching adults? I said, you can train with us. You're going to be on the floor with me teaching and training. You know, and that's what I want to do. Those kids, whenever they come home, I got Zoe, she's in uh, Montreal and uh, she's in university over there, McGill. And she's coming back uh, Easter weekend to train to get ready for the black belt grading because she missed out on it pre-pandemic. Sure. So there's all these kids going to university doing great things. And it's like to myself, that's it, man. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. No matter what you go through in life, you're always going to face obstacles and you have to persevere and develop the attitude of focusing on what can I do to fix it? not cry about it you could cry about it and not do anything or you can start to focus on the things that you want to do when you focus on that you're directing yourself into resolving the problem in life whatever relationships business and that's what it was so i think everything that we go through prepares us for what we're going to go through Mm -hmm. and that's the the philosophy of karate right developing your character through the martial arts
0: after the break we find out what the future holds for super kick karate this podcast is brought to you by monaris today has shown us tomorrow has changed changed how we'll live work and do business because now we're more open to what's possible open to contactless payments online bookings curbside pickups and more open your business to more opportunity with solutions to help you succeed online in store or on the go to talk to one of our business advisors, call one 866 or visit Moneris.com today. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. With multiple location changes followed by multiple lockdowns, Vic Granik has never really been able to let his guard down since opening his dojo, Superkick Karate. But thanks to his own tenacity and some help from his landlord and his students' families, it looks as if Vic's business may actually survive. So what does the future look like for Superkick? We'll find out next. What does the future look like for a super kick karate?
1: Well, I'm focused. Mm-hmm. So I'm motivated. Everybody that's here really wants to get things back. Everybody wants to be back to full swing. Again, potential is always there mm-hmm. you be willing to work for it. But now I feel, you know, this will be my livelihood. I think this is what I'll do till I retire. Maybe even if I retire, i still want to teach two or three days a week. You know what I mean? And, um, I think it's going to be just fine, Mm -hmm. you know? I I believe in myself, we're in a good position, we've a lot of support, a lot of love came out. So, I don't, there's too many people pulling for me and pushing me forward for me to fall backwards. You know, and my motivation's higher even than it was when I first started when I was like 34. Any
0: um, designs on growth?
1: Yeah, developing my team doing the online curriculum uh, maybe adding different programs I thought because it's a kid focused place I, I know people that are gymnasts and have gymnastic classes I'd like to get a dance program maybe a yoga for kids I have a parents as partners program, so we can do our fit fighter program, the conditioning, fitness and conditioning with family, right? So they can come in, they can hold the bag for one, they could one could do the band, we can right. do our agility drills. I could see uh, this place being a, such a kid focused, friendly place mm-hmm. and positive, right? You know, like I could see how can we make our educational system better? How, and these kids are the ones that are gonna do it because they're gonna be vocal about issues like that. They're gonna be the ones to say, hey, don't call that person that name. That's not right. I'm not gonna stand for that. Yeah. I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm not afraid of you. I go, when one person says something like that, another person going to come and say, yeah, leave them alone or stop yeah. doing that. And I go, there's strength in numbers. We don't have to be violent. I've taught, I teach them jujitsu too. I says, there's all sorts of holes you can do and hug them and say, now don't make me hurt you because I can subdue and control you. You're seeing it right now and I can hurt you if you try hitting me and you can negotiate a way out. And that's what these kids are all about, right? <laughs>
2: In terms of your future with karate,
0: do you think you'll continue it just as a a, a hobby or or do you have any kind of designs on being a sensei?
2: Uh, I don't think I'd ever become a sensei, but Mm -hmm. I definitely like to keep going after high school Mm -hmm. and after I graduate to pursue it as a passion for sure. I don't think it would be my career path, but I would like to enjoy it as like a side job and I would probably continue it even after I've achieved black belt or how far I go. Yeah, there, yeah. I kinda wanna get to uh, the like black belt mm-hmm. and then I don't know where I'm gonna go from there. But. Well, now I'm coaching mm-hmm. other classes. Okay. So I'm learning how to do all that and yep. maybe maybe one day I'll run my own dojo. Mm-hmm. That'd be great.
1: eyes are open I'm like seeing all the potential for the programs that we've done and I feel I could change it for the better and I could change the way people perceive the martial arts in general because when I started there's a lot of negativity associated to the martial arts you know and uh, I heard it because people come in and tell me these stories I was at this place I was at that place but I feel uh, you know sky's the limit you know as long as I have my health we, we keep going we'll make money we'll pay our rent.
0: It's a, it's a blessing to see the fruits of, of your work.
1: Yeah. You know, that's part of my faith, too. I, you know, the love for mankind and to be able to make change for in a positive way. And it's a fulfilling life. You know, like I said, I come in, I get up in the morning. I never use an alarm clock again when I started this place. I get up every morning at the right time. I'm never late. I show up every day. I never used to go to work every day. <laughs> you know, there's times like I'm going to take Friday off. Yeah. I, I never show like not show up. I mean, and it's... I don't feel like I'm working at all. I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm in the right spot right now. And uh, who knows what's going to happen in the future. I'm just going to have fun doing it, you know.
0: Very nice. Thank you so much,
1: Vic. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for speaking with me. So, Vic, is Superkick
0: Karate open?
1: We are definitely open, and we will be open for a very long time. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: That's the story of Superkick Karate. The differences between a career and a calling can probably be boiled down to one thing, motivation. One you do for money and livelihood, the other you do because there's something intrinsic in you that propels you to that thing, or more aptly, the thing calls you. You would do the thing for free because the motivation is the thing. Vic Granick has definitely found his calling. He has found the thing and the motivation for the thing, and guess what? It isn't karate. I mean, karate is the tool he uses to do the thing, but what it is is shaping young people's characters and minds and preparing them for future success. You can't argue with Vic's track record. It's hanging all over the walls of his dojo and pictures of past students. It's in those students who return to the dojo to help pay it forward by helping shape other young characters and minds. The thing has become a feedback loop for excellence. And it all started with Vic Granick and his calling. Yes, We Are Open is a Moner's podcast production. I'd like to thank Tasha, Isaiah, Sasha, Kyler, and Vic for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about Superkick Karate at GranickSensei.com. Follow Vic on Facebook and Instagram at Vic Granick. And on Twitter, he's at Superkick Karate. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yesweareopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at Tune in next week for another story of small business struggle and survival on the Yes, We Are Open podcast. I'm Mal Grego. Thank you for listening.